You're listening to the Rocketeer Minute's 80th anniversary. Once again, here's Hal Bryan, Jim O'Kane, and Billy Campbell. Welcome back to this special uh, 80th anniversary of the Rocketeer, where uh, for the past hundred and so many episodes, we've been talking about uh, probably the greatest adventure movie that Walt Disney ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnson-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I remain Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And unlike what our uh, silver-voiced uh, voiceover artist uh, Jordan Rich said, uh, Billy Campbell is not with us today because, well, he had some a bit of exciting news in the interim between uh, our discussion with uh, with William Sanderson. Uh, it seems uh, Billy just got nominated for a, an international Emmy uh, for his uh, his show Cardinal. That is really exciting news. That was really cool to hear and. And uh, what a what a little fanboy moment we each had when we could text him congratulations and he responded. <laughs> it's I know it's pathetic, but still it's cool. <laughs> oh, very exciting! Yeah, let me just read the the little article here from Variety. It says the uh, Dateline Hollywood. The international Emmys are living up to their name with a globe spanning set of nominees announced Thursday with this year's awards. Edamol Shine, HBO, uh, Fox, and Sony all scored nominations, while Amazon and Netflix landed just one apiece, a modest showing given their recent run of the award shows and their increasing number of international originals. In the Best Actor category, Julio Adrade is nominated at the Fox Network's Latin American drama One Against All, Billy Campbell for the Canadian-produced Cardinal, Lars Mikkelsen for the Scandinavian series Ride Upon the Storm, and Tolga Saratas for the Turkish series Soz. The fascinating thing about uh, the Best Actor category here is that Lars Mikkelsen is uh, starring in, you know, he, he's up for an Emmy, and Billy is actually in a role that, uh, uh, that Lars, is, uh, Lars had originated uh, in, oh, in, in his uh, uh, Scandinavian series. So they're basically two, guy, two guys coming, yeah, two guys coming up with, uh, <laughs> you know, two, two guys up against the, uh, in, in the, for pretty much the same part, but uh, exciting news. So wish uh, Billy very well on that, and uh, we will have him back in the future. Uh, but he's uh, definitely, his career has not been slowed. <laughs> if anything, he is, uh, he's really uh, rocketing ahead. Yeah. Oh, Jim, really, he's rocketing yeah. ahead. <laughs> Oh, well, you, well, you got to use early. that kind of a genre. Right too early for that. Um, now, now, Jim, how much of Billy's recent career success do you think he can credit to his appearances here on the Rocketeer Minute? I think it had, you know, think about all those uh, Hollywood agents driving around and Canadian right. agents and who knows, worldwide, people are just tuning in and wanting to know more about uh, this uh, breakthrough series for him. Exactly. And <laughs> now, were you and I nominated for anything uh, recently? Uh, I keep scanning the Googles and I don't see anything out there, but you know, it could be, could be tomorrow. It could it's be true. some, you know, we're waiting on that call. It's never too late. Everybody knows how, everyone knows how to reach us, but there's so many veterans are, are doing things. I was looking, I noticed in the, uh, in the news just the other day that uh, Joe Johnson is still keeping busy. He's got a, uh, a new show coming out or a new movie coming out. Uh, Disney, he's back again with Disney. And uh, he's doing the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, which I guess is a uh, an anime or it's a it's a live action version of uh, of the Nutcracker story. That's really it's amazing um, to think he's back at uh, he's back at Disney because you know I guess you never say never, but boy, there was a period there when no. you would have figured that was just impossible. 
Well, I think that part of it is, is the Disney that he worked for isn't the Disney that's around today. So he might be, uh, you know, we have to remember that he did work uh, sort of for Disney when he was doing uh, the first Avenger with uh, uh, Captain America. Yeah, there was certainly the, certainly the tie there. And we, we can we can always hope that he works some kind of nineteen thirties, nineteen forties action into the Nutcracker <laughs> we can, somehow. We I can don't, dream. Don't know. And he was yeah. also attached to a uh, to a new Narnia movie, but I haven't really heard anything about that recently. So I'm not sure what's happening there. No, it's kind of gone dark there. But uh, at least you know he's he's definitely uh, one of the hardest working men in in show business. So he's got he's got that going. And uh, we'll have to we'll have to see. That's coming up in November of uh, of 2018 if you're listening to this in the far future so if if it's in the far future maybe you can see it on netflix but yeah or whatever disney streaming channel is available in the future uh so many things going on with you know with the the original property itself the uh, uh the rocketeer which is still in the disney uh, uh the disney realm the kids tv network disney junior has announced that their new animated series is is going to be the rocketeer and it is a very different uh, take on it. It's uh, it's geared for the, I, I don't, I want to say preteen, but it's even younger than preteen. It's somewhere in like the five to eight year old range. Yeah. I think it's like and, pre, uh, pre-tween if that's a thing. Yeah. And he, uh, it's about, the show is about a young girl who gets a jet pack and some superhero gear, uh, setting her up as the next incarnation of, uh, of the Rocketeer. So that'll be, uh, kind of a, it, we we had heard we there was when we had talked with uh with Danny Bilson and the late Paul DeMeo, uh the, what we had heard at the time was that there was going to be a a teenage version of of the Rocketeer that was going to be uh, an African American teenager growing yeah. up in post World War II, and uh, somehow gets in involved with uh, with the rocket pack and all that. But this one sounds just uh, a little, they're aiming even lower with that that, that larger market, the lo- uh, lower age groups and. Uh, as you have to see, I keep an open mind and, and see how it goes. Sure, um, yeah. Although the uh, I was I was more intrigued originally by by at least another period piece, and it doesn't sound like doesn't sound like this is it. But I guess we don't really know for sure. But uh, the lead character is named Kit, and she's got a gadget minded best friend named Tesh, and her uncle is an airplane mechanic named Ambrose. So presumably that's uh, that's Peavy. Ambrose Peavy, yeah, right. So, or so, Peavy's or, grandson, or who who knows, uh, or maybe no connection, uh, no connection whatsoever. Um, and then speaking of uh, of uh, oh, actually, one other thing about this uh, about the animated series is there's they're going to be 22 minute episodes, but each one is going to have two stories, and there will be an original wow. song in each episode. So. It's I, I I picture a you know a very young kid sort of you know sing along kind of thing. So I can I, I, I can hardly wait for the rocket the rocket will come to us. That's, that's the song. <laughs> yes, exactly. And maybe you know once in a while a, a feel good number about punching Nazis. Who knows? Well, it, maybe <laughs> but, they can uh, bring that, Laura Harden back in. We'll, we'll we can. I yeah, I was gonna say maybe she'll come in and 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 sing for it. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, yeah uh, the... Speaking of uh, of uh, young women playing. Uh, uh, donning the rocket pack and uh, and the helmet you know idw who's been doing a limited run comic series for quite a few years now on the, around the property and some cool crossover stuff like rocketeer and the spirit and things like that so december 26th they've got the rocketeer reborn which is a five issue mini series that's uh that's coming up and it's their bid and this is when i get nervous you know open mind and everything but it's 
their bid to introduce uh, to reintroduce this bold crusader for the 20th century. And as I mentioned in the cover art, the masthead shows uh, shows what it sure looks like. You know, looks like an original cliff, and there's a you know classic police car chasing a chasing a bad guy, leaving a trail of dust. But then uh, then we see a diner that looks very sort of retro and 50s, and a helmet sitting on a stool. But the outfits and the fact that there's somebody crouching down, sneaking a picture with an iPhone, tells me it's probably not set in the 50s. So, in fact, it, the description even says 80 years have passed since uh, Cliff first discovered the jetpack. And, uh, but mm, somebody yeah. finds it again. So, in that sense, that's kind of interesting because they, part of the appeal of that original story is the fact that Cliff kind of stumbles across this thing and you know, he finds it and assumes the mantle. So, if you're going to pass it on somehow, the idea of somebody else sort of coming across it and rediscovering it, I think, is intriguing. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that he packed it in creosote or something so it didn't get any kind of corrosion. Right. But uh, we'll, Cosmoline, as was the it, style of the day. Cosmoline, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, just once once they got enough uh, solvent on it and, and, and polished it out, I, I think uh, uh, it could be like uh, uh, Mark Cup's uh, right. uh, yeah, uh, exactly. cup only in a larger, <laughs> larger scale. Larger scale. Uh, well, we've been talking to a bunch of, uh, of veterans of our of our show in the interim since we've uh, since we were last on, and I know that you had a you had a great uh, discussion with Steve Hinton. I interviewed Steve. I spent some time with him at his home base in Chino, uh, California, a few months ago, and then had done a follow up interview with him for a feature for a magazine that I write for. And uh, um, I, there was no way we weren't going to talk about the Rocketeer at least a little bit. We talked talked about his movie flying. Uh, he uh, Steve got into uh, uh, into flying for for the cameras for the TV series Baba Black Sheep or Black Sheep Squadron, but uh, anyway, he uh, was supposed to be doing more of the GB flying. He was ferrying an airplane to Santa Maria, and and I apologize, my notes are not quite clear enough to remind me which type. It was one of the other sort of vintage racing replicas. He was ferrying to Santa Maria, and lost the engine, landed in a field, and actually got a little bit for a while. So Steve, or so Craig picked up more of the flying, and then Steve joined joined the shoot a little bit later from uh, from Steve's raw uh, interview. Um, I'm just going to sort of summarize a couple of things and I'll, I'll uh, give you some direct quotes as we go through this. He's talking about Craig Hosking. And I think we talked to Craig about this. So Craig flew a, a Pitts biplane. It's very, very small, uh, probably a single seater. There are two seat versions as well. Super maneuverable aerobatic biplane and had an extra set of landing gear uh, up on the top wing. And so he would end his show by landing upside down. Craig obviously know knew what he was doing still knows what he was doing but anyway uh here's a here's the thing talking about the uh meeting up at uh, chino steve's home airport uh with, and with craig in the and craig's got the gb and uh he says uh, so he he craig takes off i go to chino this again steve talking and i meet him there and he was all over the blanking runway with it it's like Holy blank. He says, want to give it a try? And I said, no, no. So the initial wow. impressions of the DB uh, for the Rocketeer, not uh, not all that impressive. But then, um, and you got to remember that Steve Hinton is used to flying bigger, heavier Warbirds, like, you know, Mustangs and Corsairs and 38s and just about everything like that. So, so really, really small, very squirrely super short coupled uh, tail dragger like that is isn't something that you know anybody had a lot of experience in um then steve went on he got a bunch of experience he borrowed somebody's uh Kristen eagle which is kind of an outgrowth of the pits a very similar airplane did a bunch of flying in that got more comfortable and then 
uh, and then was uh, in better shape for the talked about this a little bit and, and Steve reinforced it um, talking about the best way to land the GB they finally figured out how to land it uh, was actually to go uh, uh, to go quite a bit faster than you normally would which is really counterintuitive uh, when any, especially one that's squirrely on the ground and and you know you've you've is a handful once the wheels touch but they said they would just uh they would just come in as if they're going to do a low pass at about 100 miles an hour and then just stick the wheels on the runway and then just let it decelerate from there uh, chop the power once the wheels touch and or ease off the power once the wheels touch uh so it's kind of like skiing and it's like it, it, it's a lot like you know if you go too slow skiing sure. you're going to fall over but you yeah. just gotta keep, makes sense to keep rolling on because through. the the rudder on the GB is really, really small. So it's going to be most effective when you've got more wind going over it, more speed. And then as if you're landing on the main wheels, as that tail starts to drop, a number of things happen. Number one, what, what little rudder effectiveness you have starts to go away because the rudder is now blocked uh, by that big fat engine and pudgy fuselage up front. So you don't really get airflow that way. And uh, so there'd be a long period of time there where you would have really, really marginal steering. So it, it makes sense to sort of get it on the ground, get it lined up straight, get it under control. And then as it slows down, hopefully you're still set up. Well, and he survived, so it worked. <laughs> uh, number one, Steve has, uh, he would, you'll never stop singing uh, Craig's, Craig's uh, praises. He's a fan of both Steve and Jim Gavin, who uh, was so entrenched in the film TV industry, he actually had his own office at Universal. So Jim Gavin, very much, a, you know, another one of these modern, more modern day sort of Paul, Paul Mance, Frank Tallman types. Uh, involved in these things, but probably the the best single quote I got from Steve about flying the GB, he said, "I've flown 100 plus airplanes, and that was the worst piece of crap I've ever flown." So, <laughs> um, it's interesting because he, he, I definitely got a vibe from him. He's got really fond memories of working on the movie, but he has uh, he doesn't have much good to say about uh, about that particular airplane, and he he reiterated what uh, Craig told us about how when the shoot was over. Um, and they were going to take it from Santa Maria back to Chino. Um, they sort of, you know, looked at each other and said, you know, you want to fly it back? No. Do you want to fly it? No. So they just took it apart and put it on a truck and hasn't flown since. And, and as we've said before, it's now a uh, uh, museum in Seattle. Um, I guess one other, sorry, as I know, it's one other last bit was kind of interesting. I think we talked on the show here and there about a guy named Delmar Benjamin who had a, a replica of a GBR2, which is similar to the see in the rocket bigger. Um, and, uh, you know, this was a this was a modern day replica, and there were certainly some upgrades and things, but it still had, you know, it still had the same configuration as an original GB. And he would do these amazing, very smooth aerobatic routines and everything, uh, everything in it. And Steve talked about that a little bit, and 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 said, you know, he said, you know, man, that guy could fly. Uh, why would he even roll that thing? He said, I wouldn't even think of rolling that. And he said, I roll a DC three before I tried to roll. I tried to roll the, the GB is again just you know squirrely and unstable and uh and certainly certainly unforgiving but you know you watch the Rocketeer and you get nothing but just butter smooth uh flying in at those low passes you know even the you know we, we don't see really see a landing we see a, a uh, toe actually yeah. yes we see a toe and things like that but uh but that you know, that first pass, that whole watch this PV when he's over the know, bean field and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's just tearing, tearing down the runway, you know, at a few feet off the deck. It's, 
it's spectacular. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's, and the thing is when I first watched the movie, I didn't know most of this stuff and being able to talk with the people that were doing it. That's probably one of the best parts of this show is that we, we can talk about every, every minute as it were. So, uh, well, in these previous two episodes we did with, you know, with Billy and uh, William Sanderson, I mean, what a hoot was, how amazing was Skeet? Yeah, it was, I mean, that, you know, he was, he was one of the eyewitnesses and uh, it was great being able to be part of that, uh, that mini reunion that we had between the two of them. It was great just kind of like overhearing the conversation. Um, hopefully we can do this in the future sometime. I, I know uh, Billy's got a very busy schedule, but if we can ar- arrange more reunions, I would hear some of those. You mean uh, the the Emmy nominated uh, William yeah. Campbell has a uh, busy schedule? The Emmy nominated, yes, well, yes, yes. Uh, and we we did hear that it, there is another season of Cardinal coming in the future, so that's a that's a great bit of news. I've, I've enjoyed the series a lot, and I would love to see some more of that uh, that, that great show. Well worth checking out on Hulu, and, oh, and we sure. still have uh, we still have guests out there that we've been in touch with that we've just never been able to coordinate uh, schedules. We've got another special effects guy waiting in the wings. Uh, we still uh, have had talks with the uh, director of the museum uh, out at Santa Maria Airport. So I would not be at all surprised uh, to find out that we've got some more episodes uh, tr- trickling out here and there. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned to this uh, little, little channel that you're on. If you still subscribe to us on iTunes or on uh, Google Play, please keep those up. We will be returning sometime in the future. Can't say when, but who knows? Uh, so uh, please be with us uh, next time and we look forward to it here on the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out. Thank you.